0: Welcome to Bridging Chicago, a podcast that aims to connect our listeners to Chicago's business, community, cultural, and charity leaders. Brought to you by SATC Solution Center L3C. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bridging Chicago. I'm Savannah Roundtree, law clerk here at SATC Law. And sitting with me today, we have Lucas DeYoung. Lucas, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah,
1: happy to be here.
0: Um, Lucas is currently the director of CRM, Marketing, Automation, and Data analytics Systems at Plan B. Um, Does marketing stuff, obviously. We'll (laughs) get to that. I saw you went to North Park University. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you a Chicago native?
1: Um, I'm not a native. I would say now I would consider myself one, Um, (laughs) but originally I... uh, I was living in New Hampshire on the okay. East coast um, and then came out here for school yeah. uh, and then settled down here. So yeah. I've been here ever since, uh, 2004 until now. So, yeah. you know, I, I would consider that amount of time makes yeah. me a native.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're definitely a local now. That's for yeah, sure. For yeah. Sure. I did the same thing. I grew up in Virginia actually, so yeah. similar East coast transplant. Um, so looking at your LinkedIn profile, you, were a biology pre-med major, yes. which is very different from yes, marketing. It is. And so I saw that you started uh, working at Northwestern and then ended up getting a uh, master's in integrated marketing communications from Northwestern yep. as well. So just tell me a little bit about what is the transition yeah. from being a pre-med major to going into marketing, because those are pretty... Feet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was, you know, very interesting to me, um, kind of reflecting back on my journey as well, because it's, it's something that I went through and really weighed all my options. Um, you know, and I wish I had done this a little sooner Sure. Uh, <laughs> after getting, you know, the, uh, biology pre-med degree, but I would say getting that degree, you know, helped me I think learn a lot about the world and how you know the world really works outside of a, um, I don't know, society sense. You know, it's yeah. like the science of mm-hmm. the world. So um, I, I really like having that knowledge. Um, so I don't regret it. But in terms of career path, mm-hmm. you know, I probably <laughs> set myself back a year or two. just sure. So you know, with that, um, I really wanted to be a uh, a doctor, a, a pediatrician or a physician's assistant, a PA. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of my goal. Uh, and, and the reason I made that switch, um, I I had done a lot of research in med schools um, and also did uh, was fortunate enough to be able to get uh, these internships that mm-hmm. I did uh, one summer before I was going to then apply for med schools. Okay. So I did an internship with a surgeon, mm-hmm. um, with a uh, pediatrics doctor, with an emergency room doctor, oh, wow. um, also with a PA Wow. and yeah, I did this like <laughs> really rotation. Through... Internships, yeah, right. exactly. So I was like really wanting to see what this was like mm-hmm. because you know, you hear about doctors it's a glamorous position, you know, on the, on the surface. Sure. Um, but really it's, it, it takes a lot.
0: Yeah. I feel like with the amount of hours you're working and everything, like yeah. you have to be really dedicated right. when you're doing those internships. Do you like, get to see surgeries oh, or yeah. like you're like fully following the doctors yeah. around. Yeah. So that
1: was the coolest part about that is I, I was literally shadowing them mm-hmm. in their day to day because I wanted to see what it was really right. like, you know? And yeah, I got to see a couple surgeries. I saw a, um, so it's like a endoscopy surgery. Mm-hmm. So they make a tiny little incision right. and they took out somebody's gallbladder. Oh my gosh. So, and it's all through cameras and mm-hmm. it was pretty interesting yeah. stuff to see how they, you know, and, and the technology behind uh, what they do. So mm-hmm. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I would go, you know, after the surgery's done, you know, with this doctor or after a, a patient visit with, you know, whatever doctor I was with. Um, and then they would spend, you know, 80% of their day documenting everything they did. Yeah, lots so of not work. Yeah. <laughs> not and all just and the I'm sure fun. you guys are familiar <laughs> with this, you know, like, there's a lot of lawsuits in medical, (laughs) um, you know, and it's, it's kind of like one doctor framed it to me this way. He's like, you know, I do all of this. So when, not if, but when I'm sued, Mm -hmm. I have enough, you know, documentation to, you know, prove that I did within the best of my ability and, you know, Mm -hmm. power to, uh, get the best outcome. So that's a lot of pressure. I mean, you know, you, you have a big impact on people's lives and, um, but it, it just seemed to me like that shift in, in what that industry is, you know, you're always kind of looking over your shoulder and right. and worried about that because, you know, people lose their license all the time over mm-hmm. silly things, you yeah. know. and So I don't know. So that kind of put me off a little bit when I actually saw...
0: Yeah, it's not all just the fun and right. games, the glory of exactly. being a doctor. You also have to deal with medical malpractice suits. Exactly. And...
1: So, you know, with all of that, and then also I, I weighed the issue of, okay, I'm going to invest almost half a million in med school. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the med schools I wanted to go to, they were not cheap. Right. And, you know, and and you also go through a um, residency as Mm -hmm. well, and you really don't make money doing that either. So before you make a dime, you know, and this is after whatever schooling I had Mm -hmm. already been paying for. So before you make a dime, you're already, you know, close to a million dollars in debt, it feels like. So... That to me it was a big risk, and I I don't know I mean to me I just felt like I did have other interests, mm-hmm. I, so I started to get interested in marketing and really the science behind marketing. Yeah. Um, so after I graduated, I did get my uh, really first job at Northwestern University, um, and I was. a uh, uh, program assistant at first, so really kind of just the day-to-day logistical stuff. But right. um, but I was able to get promoted into more of this marketing role, mm-hmm. um, where I did you know email campaigns and you know media buys and mm-hmm. social campaigns and um, you know radio and, and kind of producing even the creative side because okay. kind of all did it in house. Right. Um, we had to be creative with how we used the budget, so that to me I, I really perked my interest into yeah. marketing. So
0: marketing wasn't was it something you were looking to go into, or just sort of something you like ended up getting a position well, in? Well,
1: it was, and I think you know, in that first position I got out of college, mm-hmm. um, I was able to kind of push I pushed for you know with my supervisors. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I really. Have been doing my own research and all of this stuff, and mm-hmm. um, you know I do have an interest in learning how to do right. this. And we were using a marketing agency at the time, okay. and I basically told them we could do this all for much cheaper.
0: Right? You're like, let me do this. Yeah, let me, tr- right. you know, let me
1: try it. And yeah. and I actually um, was able to prove like you know a greater return because of all the money mm-hmm. we saved. There's a lot of BS with um, sure. <laughs> working with <laughs> agencies to some degree because there's. Um, You know, traditionally there's there's a lot of fluff in what they're giving. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's marketing. They're marketing themselves (laughs) as services, and so anyway. So we use uh, a lot of that um, to put back into the investments for getting more outreach. Mm -hmm. So um, with that role, um, I began from program assistant to. I think it was like a uh, program marketing coordinator.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and then um, I took that and also got an interest into the database side of things. So, okay. you know, I'm doing all this marketing and then I'm seeing, okay, well, we need to really track what is the return here from campaigns. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is to have a, you know, a database to back it up where we're capturing leads and then what happens to those mm-hmm. leads, do they co- become students, Did they even apply, You know, right. and then you have like a pipeline. Mm-hmm. So that got me really interested into uh, the CRM side of stuff. All
0: right, so I'm gonna stop you right there yeah. because throughout everything I can read about you online it just says CRM everywhere and I have no idea what that sure. means at
1: all. Uh, that's Yeah, exactly, <laughs> I should have backed up, yes. CRM uh, means Customer Relationship Management. Okay. But really what, I mean, that's the the concept, um, Mm -hmm. but really what it is uh, when you hear, oh, I have a CRM, Mm -hmm. it's a database. Um, And the practice of customer relationship management is really uh, backed up by having a database. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the old old days before all, all this technology existed, people had a rolodex, right? You know, and they had notes that they would take on all these mm-hmm. people, so they could kind of keep in touch. And you know, that's how business was done. Right. That's a CRM. Okay. In, in the simplest mm-hmm. sense, you know, they're keeping records on people, and uh, mm-hmm. and that's how you get in touch with them. Now we have all this technology, um, you know, and automation, and all this stuff. So you need a CRM system to capture all that data, mm-hmm. and we're getting so much more data on people, right, right? Um, <laughs> that you need a place to organize it and keep it mm-hmm. in a usable form. So yeah. I actually, uh, at that first role uh, in this marketing realm, got uh, got the approval to implement a Salesforce CRM, okay. uh, Salesforce.com, it's like one of the biggest ones that uh, people know of. but. Uh, before we were using basically spreadsheets mm-hmm. to organize yeah. everything it was chaos yeah and we had file folders that <laughs> we had to, like match up with the mm-hmm. spreadsheet it was so it was really uh, archaic and not efficient so we implemented the Salesforce system uh, with a custom application mm-hmm. portal so you know students could come through um, we would get their information as like a lead if they're just perusing the website right. and want more information mm-hmm. you know and we would have this automated um through this automated system that would give them information um and kind of track their journey right and then when they wanted to apply it was all in the same um, platform where they would submit all their materials and mm-hmm. um, so you
0: can track who's first coming to our site who wants right. information and then who's right. actually applying based on that information right. and then eventually I assume like you're tracking who's going to the school as well. Yeah. Yeah, And
1: who's accepted versus Mm -hmm. denied or, you know, or didn't finish, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's for the next round kind of thing. So you always have this pipeline, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was able to set that up and also set up the approval or the review system for professors and the Mm -hmm. committee to like accept people. So it made it so much more efficient, you know, to be able to have it all in one place. Um, And then we're able to use that to, all the marketing stuff we were doing, we were able to say, okay, we got this many students from this marketing channel or campaign or specific creative. And mm-hmm. so that allows you to be much more, you know, uh, smart with right. the marketing you're doing. Can you
0: utilize what marketing was right. working, retool the ones that weren't. Right.
1: And you can run tests mm-hmm. and really know what's producing. Yeah. And so that was really fun to kind of set that whole framework up and, really got me interested. Um, and, and I knew that's what I wanted to do for my career.
0: Right. So you're just pretty much researching this, like while you're yeah. in the position, figuring it out as you go, does that put more pressure on you to figure it out? Because you, <laughs>
1: I think so. And, you know, and I, and I would, um, credit, you know, the, uh, supervisors I had at Northwestern, they put a lot of trust, you know, mm-hmm. in, into letting, um, somebody that wasn't an I wouldn't call myself an expert at that point, mm-hmm. um, but I had an interest, and in, you know, I knew how to find the answers. Right. Because you know, today you can teach yourself just about anything. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know how to research with Google right. or yeah. whatever. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's all there. Um, the credential is another thing. You know. Sure. <laughs> so I would say, though, um, once I had that kind of moving in that direction for my career. Mm-hmm. I also decided, you know, um, you know, I'm at Northwestern. I can get this great um, discount and Mm -hmm. uh, on a on a great education here too. So I went to Medill, um, Mm -hmm. the School of Journalism, actually, and uh, they have an integrated marketing communication Mm -hmm. program, Um, and I loved it. I mean, we really got into the depths of uh, data science and you know what that means for insights mm-hmm. for marketing and yep. you know how to get them and then interpret them to use them yeah. so so that, you're
0: going to you're getting your degree at the same time you're still working yes. Northwestern as well yep
1: I did a, it was the part-time program mm-hmm. so I would go in the evenings yeah um, most of the classes were downtown mm-hmm. um, and then actually during that process uh, I think it was right as I was about to finish my degree, I I got a call from, um, you know, within Northwestern, but Kellogg Mm -hmm. School of Business. Mm -hmm. They were having a big issue with their current CRM system that they had. And, you know, and I um, caught wind of this through the grapevine. That's a big project they were working on. Um, So I applied to this open position, which was uh, assistant director of admissions. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, admissions is pretty broad term because, I mean, that, includes marketing and like the student, Mm um, you know, or, or applicant services, like all of that stuff is admissions. So you're selling the school, right? Right. And so there was this big opportunity in my mind to, to further flex this muscle a little Mm bit. Um, so I, I took that opportunity. Um, and really my, my job was first, to get this implementation of, um, it's called Slate CRM. okay, um, Which is really uh, specific for education. Mm-hmm. That's how they position it. And my whole goal with this role, or what I was tasked with, was to get this successfully launched for Kellogg. Mm-hmm. And um, we had to be pretty creative in how we did it, because mm-hmm. all of the systems that were previous, um, they didn't have like an export function. Okay. So all the data was, and they did that to keep customers. Sure. <laughs> so we had to get really creative with um, uh, basically going around that system, um, and we did a uh, basically a database uh, migration. Okay. Um, so we had to code. We had to custom code mm-hmm. all of these formulas to get the data out, to be one to one. So it's a uh, this field equals this field right. in the new system, one to one. And we did that whole process, and you know there were a lot of things we had to work through along the way right. to get it to work. They also had all these files, uh, paper files that they mm-hmm. wanted in the system. Yeah. So I actually I hired a whole team. It was like six people. Uh, of like temp employees mm-hmm. um, and we actually went through uh, the entire database and matched files to that person's record and scanned them and put them and in. I it. do
0: not envy those people, yeah, it was a big, <laughs> It was a big project
1: and it took like it was probably about two weeks mm-hmm. you know two weeks of you know and I was in the front I call it the command center we like basically um, had a whole classroom uh-huh. that we had reserved and we had all the you know all the computers up, so we would we would import, or, uh, scan them, and then make sure they're importing to the right ones. Mm-hmm. And we had each person doing a different part of it, mm-hmm. and we had like three people checking each other's work. Okay, so that was a big process, but yeah, you know, that was a really big win yeah. for us because then that let us actually launch this, mm-hmm. um, and we actually did it you know under budget, uh, ahead of schedule, and um, it really opened the doors with what we could do with marketing and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and really just being more streamlined.
0: Yeah. So when you accepted this um, assistant director position, did you have to convince them that marketing was part of the deal or were they aware of that already?
1: So, you know, in my interview for this, I showed them what I did at the past role um, with implementing the CRM and having a full view of a journey, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's, and it actually doesn't end, to as a, like, once you're accepted as a student, it doesn't Mm -hmm. end. I mean, you're a student, you know, that's when you're paying for classes and that revenue's Mm -hmm. coming in. But even after, as an alumni, you know, then we can give this information to the uh, alumni relations to hopefully, you know, arm them with information to help them be more relevant down the Mm -hmm. line, you know? And so hopefully that would result in more donations of some kind or, so I painted that whole picture for them. And I think that that really helped me get the job because they knew they had this issue, that needed to be solved, um, and I kind of showed them the layout of here's how we could really use it. Okay. You know, here's how you Mm -hmm. get the most out of it because it's a big investment to do something like that. So, um, so I think I painted the picture for that, and I also showed them you can automate all these tasks that took up all this time. Mm -hmm. I mean, scheduling, you know, interviews and calendar. uh, informational meetings could all be automated, mm-hmm. so you have availability and people just book it, and then yep. they just show up, you mm-hmm. know, as as it's available, and it's it kind of reminds you, and you have a calendar. Um, so that made that process uh, amazing, you know. And then also all of our, our event uh, registrations all became okay. automated, and we would check them in, and then once they uh, the next day thank you email would go out and that was all automated. Mm -hmm. I mean, before it was literally spreadsheet. All right, let's type out an email and send it. And so it it really helped get that, um, all those processes streamlined. Mm -hmm. So it was was fun for me to, again, have another project like that. Um, And you know, I also did the admission stuff, reviewed Mm -hmm. applications and uh, did a lot of uh, interviews, you know, the uh, events that we would do, we would travel and do events Mm -hmm. and stuff. open houses and things and you know that side of it was you know it was fine as well but what I really enjoyed was the implementing the technology using that automating things and um so that's kind of where I kept moving right in that direction Mm
0: -hmm. so then um I know that you became the director of marketing and admissions for Midwestern career college. Mm -hmm. And so did you have like a similar project to start up there?
1: Yes, actually. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's basically nursing, um, practitioners, MRI, uh, techs, uh, x-ray techs, Mm -hmm. ultrasound technicians. Um, they basically teach those certifications to be able to get that. Mm -hmm. I have some kind of medical background and I think that helped Mm to, Uh, but they also have an international, uh, program as well where they teach ESL, you know, and then that turns into, um, you know, once they're comfortable with the language, they can then take these courses to, you Mm -hmm. know, then, you know, develop a career out of it. So, um, so yeah, I was tasked with coming in here. It was a new acquisition actually. Mm -hmm. So these new owners wanted to really get the school up to where it should be. Um, they saw the opportunity with, uh, where it was, uh, you know, they they had maybe forty students at a time coming through. Mm-hmm. They saw I could grow much bigger, um, so I came in and they needed to redo the whole website. Okay. So, you know, I helped them along with uh, another marketing partner to build out this entire WordPress website, mm-hmm. and we also implemented a Infusionsoft CRM system to you know connect that. Um, and we hired a whole team of. Uh, admissions uh, specialists we call them I think Mm -hmm. Uh, and there was the international team and then also the um, the US based people that you know they were people that didn't need the visas and all that stuff Mm because it's a very different process Mm -hmm. so we hired uh, teams of people to kind of facilitate the inflow of people that we were going to get from turning all the marketing and stuff Mm-hmm. So, again, we set up the website, set up the CRM and the automation mm-hmm. to, um, to assign people uh, to different reps, and mm-hmm. then those reps would kind of usher them through the process. Right. Um, and then we would turn on marketing. You know, we did you know, AdWords and Google uh, marketing. We did um, a lot of creative things, too, because mm-hmm. you have to be able to find these communities, right. um, especially on the international side. You know, we would go to uh, festivals, you know, um, there's a big Polish community, a big Chinese okay. community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we would kind of get involved with those and, and the reps that we would get were actually from those communities. Mm-hmm. So they really knew how to, how to um, at least get this in front of people yeah. and know it's an option. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we had that team built, the website built and the automation, all set up, once we turn on marketing, I mean, it it definitely started to grow, which was fun to watch. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's kind of fun when stuff's automated, because you got to work a lot to get it set. But Mm -hmm. once it's set, you know, you kind of are monitoring things and seeing where you can optimize. Mm -hmm. And um, so I would say it's never really done. But once it's so much more work happening
0: on the front end, and then once you get it launched, it's, A lot easier to manage. And
1: then you kind of see, you know, the the revenues coming in and match Mm -hmm. it to marketing again. And so that to me was another fun project. Um, And I think all of those previous positions kind of laddered up to me um, wanting to go agency side. Yeah.
0: So I was going to ask. So it can be really easy. I know a lot of people who work within college administrations, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's such it's almost like its own industry. You yeah. can be really swept up in that and it's easy to make a lifelong career out of that. Right. But it sounds like you really like specific projects that yeah. you can tackle. So you made a conscious decision to look for an agency.
1: So yeah. So basically I went through um, all of those projects and then I said, you know, once these are done, they're kind of done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can do other creative things with marketing and things, but I kind of want this to be a constant thing where I'm kind of solving all these problems with automation and you know because uh, once it's set up in, in a you know on on uh, I mean we call it client side like mm-hmm. once in a corporation once right. that's set. Once someone like, else
0: can monitor it, you're right?
1: It's kind of like my job's been done. Mm-hmm. So now, what do I do? And so that that kind of came into play. I a little bored, and uh-huh. you know, and then also um, it just felt like you know it's time to move on to mm-hmm. the next phase of and how how to get more practice in this. Sure. I mean, I could have gone to another company and kind of done a similar project, but. Mm-hmm. I saw the opportunity of an agency being, you know, this constant flow. Mm-hmm. you whatever clients you get, you can fix these things for them. Right. Um, and there's, you know, big business in in doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And everybody, I mean, it's surprising to me how even really large corporations have huge issues with mm-hmm. how they use a database. You know, having automation set up, and um, so I saw it as a big opportunity to really get a bigger sandbox mm-hmm. to do this stuff. Right.
0: In. So earlier you said that lots of marketing agencies have a lot of fluff and extra things oh, yeah. that go along with them. But I know that you're now with Plan B and yeah. um, their tagline is sort of the agency alternative, yes. even though they are a marketing agency. So just yeah. explain that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So it's a really, uh, and, and this is partly what drew me to Plan B advertising was you know, basically they, they have a different mindset about how an agency relationship should work. Mm-hmm. A lot of big agencies, um, you know, they, they kind of have this, okay, I, we have this minimum set. Mm-hmm. It's like retainer based. So right. we're going to set up a retainer and we can get all this stuff done and, you know, here's the minimum that we require to even work with you kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and there's a lot of different models, but they basically said, you know, that model... It doesn't make sense for a lot of companies, um, and and we're going to be different. Uh, okay. and, and the alternative is we're going to allow you to test us with one project. Okay. You know whatever that might be. Um, you know we'll do your website or do one campaign for you. Mm-hmm. And we're confident in the fact that you're going to get um, your you know money's worth with, and you're going to see that. So we're not going to put all these stipulations on how you you know. Work in that model. Okay. So it's basically uh, the alternative part is we are different in that we'll let you come in just for one project and test us, and you can continue to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, until it makes sense for you. You know, we have so many projects, then it makes sense for you to have a retainer. Um, but we're very flexible in how we operate in terms of that, the business side of things. Um, okay. You know, we want to have you test us because mm-hmm. we're confident we can show you. That there is a better way in in having our agency relationship, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, every client that we've had, I mean, we started off with maybe one project, but it's exponentially grown from there. Okay, you know, and we we are able to see once we dive into a business, you know, where are those opportunities to help you improve? And Mm -hmm. um, and what I bring to the table for them is, you know, this the CRM side, uh, customer relationship management is, you know, you can have whole campaigns going. Just in that space, mm-hmm. um, but also having the technology behind it to really run it effectively. Right. Um, so we, with me being there, you know, I'm the lens to saying, okay, we need this technology. Um, here's how we can optimize creative, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and mapping out campaigns in that way, uh, and then automating things right. too. So there's CRMs like Salesforce. Um, uh, Sugar CRM, you know, there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And that's really the database side. But then there's these automation platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, like for Salesforce, they have Pardot or Salesforce Marketing Cloud um, where you can set up the whole marketing uh, side of things for your business. Okay. And it's automated. I mm-hmm. uh, mean, you can have. Every form submit on your website triggers all these different emails to go out at certain times, mm-hmm. um, and then whatever information you put in the form, it could branch off, you know, into different campaigns okay. based on what we know about you. Right. Um,
0: so you're sort of taking all of these different platforms and customizing them yes, for your clients
1: for their business, mm-hmm. right? Because you know we have a lot of B two B clients, we also have B two C, so it's very different in, mm-hmm. in how those need to be customized. Right. Um, you know, in a lot of companies, they, they can't do that kind of stuff in house. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to kind of be, uh, that lens or that segue for them to really leverage these tools the way they should be used. Um, and then, uh, the other hat I wear is, okay, once we have all this stuff set up and we're going to be turning on marketing, um, channels and spending money on marketing, we got to prove that this,
0: that it's working, right. <laughs> that
1: it, that it resulted in, uh, revenue and profit. Mm-hmm. So, with all these um, technology systems, I also set up the measurement frameworks okay. for how to measure our ROI mm-hmm. um, uh, or marketing ROI. Uh, so basically, any dollar spent, and you know, it encompasses not just the media, but the creative. You know, how much did it cost to even make that email? That's right. all kind of boiled into this, and then I can, um, once a campaign is done, say okay, this is how much money we brought in the door for you. Mm-hmm. Here's how much you spent. You know, and, and, and then you factor in the pro- the profit margin they have right. and then that's, you know, really the return on marketing investment. Mm-hmm. That um, So that number, once I can get that, proves that all this stuff we did is worth it. Right, you know? yeah.
0: Because sometimes it can be kind of hard if you're just putting marketing campaigns out there and you're like, I don't know, feels like we've got more. Right clicks or you know whatever you're looking for but it can
1: be really Mm -hmm. wishy-washy if you don't have these frameworks set up right and you know a lot of you go to a media company and give them a budget Mm -hmm. you know they're gonna um, there's a lot of fluff in that because um, they're gonna tell you you know impressions and uh, clicks and everything there's like different goals you have Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day it's hard for them to always say, "Okay, here's how much money it made you," because there can be a delay in a mm-hmm, lot of that. Sure. Stuff. So we're what I do is I constantly have these check-ins um, throughout the year because that sales process for your company might be, you know, a six-month sales cycle. For other companies, mm-hmm. it's a year. You know, it depends on like right. the level of investment um, in the product required. Mm-hmm. You know, how long it takes to educate somebody about. Right. I what mean, every business
0: you're going to be dealing with is going to right. be so vastly different. Right. So.
1: so, you know, one of our clients, uh, McLaren Automotive, uh, which is a really fun client to work on, mm-hmm. they had a, um, some issues proving, you know, what their event stuff was doing uh, for sales. Okay. So with this kind of setup and system um, that we implemented for them, I'm able to take all the people that we've ever touched and mm-hmm. then compare it to the sales they've had, and then concretely say, you know, this sale went through these four touch points. Okay. So you can allocate a, a certain value to that sale to these. You know, mm-hmm. it's not saying this person came to the event and that's the only reason why they purchased, but right. it does have, um, but it's part of their journey. Mm-hmm. So it should have a, um, attri- it's called an attribution model. Okay. It should have a, uh, section of that percentage of that sale Mm -hmm. attributed to that's what impacted and helped them come to that Mm -hmm. purchase. So it can be really complex like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, a McLaren, I think the the lowest model is around like Mm $300,000. So a sales cycle for that might be a lot longer. You know, I mean, somebody that's interested in McLaren might not be able to have that amount of money until like five years from now. Sure. <laughs> but you're still setting the stage with those people, mm-hmm. um, you know, really perking their interest and getting them involved with the brand through these kinds mm-hmm. of things, but showing, I mean, even th- two or three years down the line that this was right. their whole journey mm-hmm. um, to a purchase is, is something that has really helped them prioritize how they how they do things. Yeah. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so we have a lot of different clients and. It's a lot of fun to be able to play in different verticals, right. you know, and with different systems. Um, so I've become kind of a—I uh, mean, I've become certified in all these platforms and things um, that really help me uh, to execute this stuff. But mm-hmm. it's really helped me get a really large, you know, zoomed-out view mm-hmm. of how this uh, technology. And principles can really impact any business. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been a great role. I've been I've been really uh, having fun with it. Yeah, it sounds like you're having <laughs> Yeah. Fun. It's
0: <laughs> um, is there has there been one project that was maybe your favorite or like the most challenging to tackle?
1: I would say one of the projects that was a challenge. Um, so we have another client, uh, Kaiser. Uh, they are a fitness equipment manufacturer. Okay. And they have—I uh, mean—they're basically top of the line. You know, most professional athletes are using this okay. equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see it all the time in in gyms because there's that education gap of uh, not most people don't really know what it is yet. Right. Um, but it's air pneumatics that give the resistance. Okay. So what that does is you know traditional weights you're fighting gravity. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you do, um, say a a arm curl, right. You know, at the, at the bottom, it's no momentum. So Mm -hmm. it's actually the heaviest and it has a lot of stress on your joint. And at the top, it's the lightest because it has all that momentum carrying it. And it actually for a second becomes weightless. Okay. So what air pneumatics does is it, is a constant resistance throughout the whole movement. Mm -hmm. So you actually, uh, work out the muscle that much more because it's a constant throughout the range of motion, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, they have this machine um, where they compare a weight stack to uh, Kaiser's equipment. Okay. And you see, you know, when you're working out on a weight stack machine, the, it's called a strength curve. is all over the place Okay. because of all the variabilities, you know, the, the gravity and the momentum taking over. But with Kaiser, it stays constant the whole time. I mean, the strength curve is uh, perfect almost. So um, in that regard, you can get a much more effective workout and at high speed. Okay. Right? So Mm -hmm. athletes, you want to train at speed. Um, So that just that client in general is really cool to me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the fact that 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 technology... Because I I was also in sports and stuff, too. Sure. So um, I was actually able to... um, Start training on some of this stuff and really okay. seeing mm-hmm. what it can do. And it's really cool. Um, and they have a lot of different products. But the biggest project, I, uh, or challenging project, was getting them up uh, and running on a sugar CRM system mm-hmm. um, and training their whole sales team how to sure. use it effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now we're using that to measure marketing and all of that. But it was mm-hmm. a long process because, you know, mo- a lot of companies have these. Um, Different departments, you know, right. things are very siloed. Mm-hmm. So you gotta kind of uh, get them all on the same page right. before moving forward, mm-hmm. and then train everyone how to use it effectively right. for it to even be successful. Mm-hmm. So I wore a lot of hats in that project, yeah. where I was actually helping implement the technology, um, and then creating the training materials and mm-hmm. video tutorials and things of how to yep. use it, and then I'm wearing the hat of actually using this platform and mm-hmm. setting up the automation and then proving the ROI of things right. and um, kind of running things on the back end too. So mm-hmm. implementing training and uh, using it are all usually done by different parties. But um, so that was a big, long, uh, we hit some bumps along the way, but eventually it was a very successful launch. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm proud of that one. And it was a, uh, a challenge, but, um, but now we're able to use it and again, you know, get the benefits from it. Yeah. It
0: It sounds like you've been learning not only about a lot of different marketing platforms, but also about all of the products and fields that your clients are, you know, I guess you need to understand the client's business in order to help market them the best. Absolutely. Is there anything, um, like what's the most unexpected thing you've had to learn about?
1: Yeah, that's a great question unexpected thing well um, we've had some clients that are in the pharmaceutical space okay um, so learning how that business model works mm-hmm. I mean there's like insurance involved and in all of it right. it's like price points change constantly mm-hmm. based on competitors and patents and all this stuff and um, and we we did a, a project uh, it's basically for like a, a nausea medicine okay. for kids mm-hmm. and then the whole realm of like medicine for kids right. it's this whole other realm of complexities mm-hmm. so kind of seeing that was uh, interesting another layer of my medical right. background and uh-huh. you know where that fits um so i would say kind of we we were like sampled these products and mm-hmm. things um and joe just kind of learning that realm of the business side of of uh, pharmaceuticals and medicine um was very eye-opening to me right. as well um and also, I think, to learning learning how, like Kaiser Client, mm-hmm. how they, there's different markets that really use this technology. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. there's older adults, there's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the therapy um, where, where you're recovering from injury, and then right. the professional athlete, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and then just the, you know, person that's interested in fitness. So, right. I had to learn all of those verticals right. to be able to kind mm-hmm. of get these things uh, that we're doing aligned and where the opportunities are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So yeah.
0: Sounds like there's new and unexpected things for you to learn with every oh, yeah. client that you get. <laughs> we always do
1: a big immersion okay. for people that are on the teams mm-hmm. working. So you really do need to learn their business. Right. You know, what they're selling, uh, what problems it solves for people, um, you know, and who your ideal customer is. Right. is really... The getting to what that is helps you um, create the marketing message and, you know, what channels you're going to be on and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that I, I like going through that process because yeah. it really enlightens you to who you're dealing with Mm -hmm. uh, and who you're marketing to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I know that each client and project you take on is going to be really different, but is there like an average timetable for these sort of like first projects that you um, get clients in with?
1: That's a good question. Um, I would say, you know, we have a really quick turnaround on things. Uh, We're a small, nimble team that, um, you know, and we, we kind of, Expand our team as needed. We can get freelancers in and you know really okay. get uh, scale up if needed. If it's a big project, mm-hmm. we do that a lot. Um, so I would say it depends on what you're you're doing. Right. Um, but for a big CRM implementation, training, launch, then using it, mm-hmm. I would say it takes you know at least six months to nine months to okay. really do that effectively because mm-hmm. you have to understand what all where all the data is now. Mm-hmm how to get that into the new system and used effectively um and then once that's even set then you got to like turn that other one off turn this one on and Mm -hmm. train people right as you're you know to to make it successful so Mm -hmm. you know i would say it's about a you know nine month turnaround on a big project like that the little projects you know like a campaign i mean we could get all the details um you know in a couple of days mm-hmm. and then get creative going on it um we could get that out the door in like a week or two
0: okay wow
1: yeah so it kind of really depends on right. what, yeah. what the animal you're working with sure. is. but yeah
0: um so that about covers everything that i wanted to ask you today my final question is always um to you know people that want to go into this field what advice would you give them and i do want to like circle back and um i thought it was really important how you took the time to think about going to medical school versus what you really wanted to do because mm-hmm. I know so many people that go straight from undergrad to grad school sure. without really thinking about it right. and whenever people mention that I just love to underscore like please think about this <laughs> like, right. it's a really big undertaking to yeah. be thinking about um, you know, the rest of your career and like, don't go to grad school unless you're really certain about it. Right. Is sort of my disclaimer, but if you had any other
1: advice. I mean, absolutely, That that is a um, 100% my view too, In especially for grad school. Mm-hmm. I mean, undergrad, you know, there's all these liberal arts mm-hmm. majors and stuff that are pretty broad, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could do like a business degree, I mean, you learn just about everything, yeah. there, you know, um, but... Your grad school, it's so hyper-focused, usually, in, in one field that, I mean, if you are making that time investment and money investment, mm-hmm. you better be sure that's yeah. <laughs> the direction you're going in or else it's a really big waste of time and money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you might, there's lifetime learners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard that come up a lot with, you know, being in the education space, and that's great, you know. And um, But if you're thinking about your career, and, mm-hmm. and that career being, you know, the lifeblood of your uh, earning potential. I mean, you got to calculate that a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. If you're learning to learn, that's fine too. But you're not using it as like right. an investment to mm-hmm. have a return then. So mm-hmm. the way that you're viewing it is that, I think, yeah. investment <laughs> for a return. And if you don't have your mind made up, yeah, that investment is kind of like uh, just throwing money out the window. Mm-hmm. So I would agree with that. Um, one other thing I wanted to kind of touch on. Sure, and absolutely. I, I didn't, um, it's not in like the traditional career path that I've been on, but mm-hmm. um, my family's business, uh, it's called Dwell Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also something that I've had a, a really awesome sandbox to work okay. in as well. Um, so what they do, and it's really niche, very, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, they do earth block construction. Okay. So what they do with that. Um, they do all the training on how mm-hmm. to do this effectively. Um, you need a very specific soil science to okay. be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so they teach you how to get, take the soil you have, mm-hmm. I mean, it's resources right under your feet. right? Free mm-hmm. resource, basically. Um, and then use that. I mean, there's like a uh, composition of clay and dirt and a uh, small percentage of cement that you can use to then uh, and you put it in these machines, um, and they they also sell some of that. But more, it's around the training to mm-hmm. do this. Um, and they they started this all when that big uh, earthquake in Haiti happened.
0: Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and they wanted to teach people, you know, how to help themselves mm-hmm. more than just all this relief coming and then leaving. Right. So what they the whole business model was they would come in and train a group around a machine, and that machine would really create like. I think it's like 10 to 15 jobs okay. around it. And then once you teach these people how mm-hmm. to use it effectively, I mean, they can rebuild whole towns, you know, and they mm-hmm. rebuild their own communities. And then they have the skill right. that they okay. take and, you know, can, can make a business out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually giving them the power to help themselves, mm-hmm. which is the long-term benefit rather right. than coming and dumping help and then pulling out, mm-hmm. which has a very temporary effect. Right. So that's how it kind of all started, and it's kind of um, evolved. And they've been to, God, they've been to so many different countries doing this, mm-hmm. uh, all over uh, different places in Africa and Asia, all over South America. Um, they've even been in New Zealand, um, Australia. Yeah, so it's been cool to see like they do all these tra- like, travel right. and set up these projects, and you know the impact it has on people's lives. Mm-hmm. So I, I do all the marketing stuff yeah, for them. Yeah, so I
0: want to ask, how's the marketing different? It sounds like the marketing is going to be a lot different oh, for man, that. Oh, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> because,
1: you know, traditional products and things, I mean, not everybody's thinking about that. Like, right. Like, we have construction materials that are very abundant here in mm-hmm. the U.S. Um, you know, that you wouldn't think twice about uh, not using that. Right. Um, but for developing countries and, and other... Other places, I mean, even here it's applicable too. But mm-hmm. just that the abundance of right. all that stuff here makes it easier. Um, but for a developing country, you actually have to ship all that material in, mm-hmm. and over time that becomes more expensive. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, but the thing about the earth blocks that we were able to make um, and you know develop the designs for them—they're interlocking. Mm-hmm. So they're really good in seismic zones. They're also really uh, a lot better for. Uh, thermodynamics Okay. it holds heat mm-hmm. better and uh, insulates from cold better so like in a arid climate you know in the desert if if things get um, really hot outside it's actually heating the block up okay. and then at night that heat from okay. the block mm-hmm. stays inside so it's actually warmer at night so it's so at night it absorbs the cool so it's a mm-hmm. like cooler inside so it's kind of an interesting um, We we did all this testing and uh, it actually is better compressive uh, specs than a cinder block. Mm -hmm. So, and you're getting this resource out of the ground and building with it. So the applications are pretty, pretty wide. I mean, uh, the Army Corps of Engineers has used it. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. um, they build stuff on bases, Uh, you know, a lot of like, you could build walls with it um, Mm -hmm. that make, you know, good retaining walls and, and things like that. Um, and also like, you know, two-story, three-story structures with it, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's been cool to kind of see that evolve, and it's, you know, it's catching on to, you know, there's this green movement, mm-hmm. um, so it's a lot greener to use this as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're using all cinder block and all cement, there's a, a, a CO2 emission that right. comes from that process that's mm-hmm. pretty harmful. Um, so in that regard, this is greener, and also you're using a uh, a resource, you know, that's abundant mm-hmm. rather than building with wood. I right. Mean, that's a, it's renewable to a degree, yeah. but, you know, if you're taking more than you can produce. Yeah. So anyways, um, so we've been doing a lot of that and um, actually my brother, uh, Adam, he's actually working for the Boring Company, I don't okay. know if you've ever heard of that company, but the whole idea is they're they're drilling tunnels mm-hmm. under, because, you know, the airspace is crowded, Right. The roads are crowded. Mm-hmm. Where else can you go to alleviate traffic? And mm-hmm. you know, uh, Elon Musk's idea is you drill underneath, right. um, and you can make hyperloops, so really fast transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, you can like vacuum the air out, and there's no friction, kind of. Right. And you know, and he has the automation capacity with like Tesla's technology mm-hmm. to help facilitate that. Um, so they're actually building one in in uh, Vegas right okay. now. Uh, which will be the first, I think, like commercialized and public one to use. Mm-hmm. Finished one in California is like the test right. underneath the boring company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, what the whole connection there is is you know, my brother has become this expert in soil science. Okay. Uh, and they want to use the block or the, all the material that they're boring to be able to use as a resource for okay. building. yeah. So there's not all this waste, right. you know, and um, so, you know, his lens into. You know, and he's an engineer at heart and uh, his lens and we can use this material to build with and mm-hmm. you know, you can sell these blocks. And all. So the business behind that uh, is, is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, he's been able to take his experience at Dwell Earth and use it there on this really big stage. Right. Um, and that kind of, you know, helps to elevate the awareness about, you know, you can use Earth right. as a resource for mm-hmm. building. Um, and I've been doing all the CRM and marketing campaigns and for trainings and we just launched mm-hmm. an online training okay. where you can go and learn all about the soil science and how to use whatever soil you have to make the best blocks. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's been fun to use cause you can scale that. Yeah. I mean, we have a small team. You can only teach so many in-person mm-hmm. trainings at once, but you know, something like that is accessible to everyone. Right. So it's been fun to kind of get that experience too. Yeah. Um, and see that um, become what it's become. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of fun. So i I guess I'm I'm lucky because I get to work in all these different verticals, mm-hmm. and and it's been a really eye-opening journey for me, especially coming from biology then to marketing and then playing in all these verticals. Right. I feel like I've gotten a really broad view of
0: mm-hmm. how
1: businesses you know work and yeah. how technology can help that. So mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, I just wanted to mention that part because it's been a big part of my life and, you know, helping them with their marketing and technology side because before, again, it was just
0: write it down on a (laughs) notepad and
1: hopefully you'll remember to call them, you know, six months from now.
0: Are you able to sort of treat them as just another client or, like, is working with your family more difficult in terms of investment and involvement?
1: You know, it's it's interesting. I, I don't... Um, I don't really, I view it as something that I'm a part of too, just right. because, yeah. you know, I'm helping them do this. So, you know, when you're working with just clients, you know, you're helping their business to help them make, mm-hmm. uh, you know, grow them. But for me, it's, it's a lot closer to the chest because it's, you know, my dad and brother and family mm-hmm. involved in this thing that, um, that I can help grow. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And, and before When this all started, um, I didn't really have a lot of things I could put into play to help. Mm -hmm. You know, like I couldn't go travel and build all these things. uh, I didn't have an engineering background. You know, I needed to get a stable job. Right. (laughs) But now that I've learned all this marketing um, and how to leverage technology and really Mm -hmm. that whole picture, I leverage that to then help. Mm -hmm. And which has taken some time, but uh, I don't know. So it feels like I'm able to then. Take all this stuff and all the support you know my my father and uh, family has given me through life. Right, it's like a way that mm-hmm. I can help. You yeah,
0: know, I just have some personal payoff yeah. along with the like pay it forward as well. a little yeah. bit. You know, mm-hmm. you've helped
1: me uh, in life, and now I want to at least the skills I've acquired help you know yep. give them to you. So it's not like I'm invoicing them all the time <laughs> right. for every hour or anything. No, it's yeah. like I want to help you know watch it grow with you and mm-hmm. see what can happen. Yeah,
0: yeah. great. Well, um this has been a great conversation. One of our most informative, I think. I've learned so much more about marketing than I knew about before. Um so thank you so much yeah, for joining us. You're
1: welcome. Yeah, it was great great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solution Center. As always, feel free to reach out to us on social media with your comments and suggestions. You can email us at solutioncenter at satcltd.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, where our handle is at Bridging Chicago. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guests. You are urged to speak with your financial investment or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of the SATC Solutions Center, Shank-Annis-Tepper Campbell, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the host and guests' individual capacities.